Yeah, but dude, I'm glad you heard that part too. It's like, no. Yeah, I was, I was cracking up. Well, I was trying to be quiet too because Aurora was sleeping. Yeah, I kind of bring, so. I kind of bring it to a resolution at the end of the service. That's disappointing because at first I thought you just kind of let it go. You're just like, this, this woman didn't exist. Was her name Nicole? No, no. Oh. He, so his wife is not Nicole. He left and he's gone. And then the, there's no nurse either. But the woman who, okay, so the woman who ended up, I was prompted to this in my mind to to pray for her knee um, to pray because she was telling this guy in front of her and I had seen her the night before uh, walking with a cane mm-hmm. and uh, so I seen her walk with a cane very low mobility um, and then she was there in my morning prayer time in Yosemite and because uh, we went to Yosemite me and Piper went to Yosemite yeah. and um and she was telling the man in front of her when you're in line for coffee for that her, you know, she's been on disability for a year, can't get around, can hardly get out of the house because uh, of her knee injury. And I just felt like God prompted a thought in my head. You should ask her if you can pray for her knee to be healed. And so she gets her coffee. She's in line for the coffee shop. So she gets her coffee. She gets like a like one they have to make. I get my black coffee. So I start talking to her. Uh, I start talking to her while she's waiting for her coffee. And she's like this sweet older woman in her sixties, like so cheerful, like just you know yeah. whatever, like heavier set, cheerful lady. And uh, so we start walking out of the coffee shop, and that that's when obviously we were like had you know like I could ask her, and I said, hey, do you? I said, this might sound weird, you might have, but do you mind if I pray for your knee to, for God to heal your knee? So you didn't start off asking her if her name was Nicole. I didn't ask her. <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly. It's Nicole's day. And, uh, dude, that's so wild. Did you see that part where it was the red bird candy? Yeah, Did you see that? yeah, yeah. I was like, I seen that. I was like, what? Like, what is this? Dude, it was like, hilarious. It's cardinal. It's red bird. <laughs> dude, it's so wild. I was so freaking wild. It's funny because I had to, I made sure like on the recording that I actually put the, because I had them up on the screen. Yeah, so I made that. sure on the video that you saw, everybody yeah. saw it. Yeah. So funny. I was impressed with that. So that was good editing right there. <laughs> like, so, uh, so anyway, and she's like, oh, yes, yes. You know, praise the Lord. She's like a Christian. Uh, and, um, and so, I, we sit down. I just put my hand on her shoulder. I uh, will go to these rocking chair area uh, over there outside, um, kind of like a common area in this little place of Yosemite. Put my hand on her shoulder, and I just pray for, you know, short prayer, you know, to God to heal her knee. And she was like, I really felt the presence of God when you put your hand on my shoulder. And I was like, what's it like for you to feel the presence of God, you know? And so she was like, she kind of went like this a little. I didn't tell this story like that. But she's like, she's like, and then she just started like came, went into it, and we talked for ninety minutes. And dude, this lady knows how to hear from the Lord and act on it. And she had these like amazing stories about um, just kind of having the gift of prophecy or a prophetic gift. And really? I started asking, and so about halfway through, I was like, oh my gosh. I could have been tempted to think this was just some frail older woman. And this woman is a freaking warrior. 
Like I actually started calling her. Her name was Elizabeth. I started calling her Elizabeth the Warrior. <laughs> like, so I, like, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Piper came up. I was like, Piper, this is Elizabeth the Warrior. <laughs> so she was like such a sweet lady. So anyway, but uh, but she had. So I started asking her questions about stuff because I have you know God for the last four weeks has like just been like pouring his spirit like out on me and just is pouring his love out of my heart. It's like we talked about last week. It's been amazing and. Um, and so, so anyway, uh, and that was like the second vision slash dream I had, right. That came true. Right. And I was like, and she just like helped me so much. And I asked her about the Nicole thing and I said, told her about the dream. I told her how it came true at the doctor's office. And I was like, I asked him, you know, do you have a wife named Nicole? And I was like, what should I have done there? And She's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're trying to do. She's like, you're, you're, you know, you're trying to like figure out who Nicole was, right? Like, so, and she's like, you don't need to do that. Like, she's like, you just need to deliver the message. Just, just, just say, hey, I have. This might sound weird or something, but you don't have to say that. You just say, I have a message for you. It's Nicole's day, and you don't have to know what it means, but you just deliver it. And you don't have to, because I'm like, and then I in my sermon, I was like, well, how many how many questions am I going to ask this guy about Nicole? Is your wife Nicole? Do you have a sister Nicole? Do you have a friend Nicole? You know, it's yeah. like you have a friend friend Nicole. You know, how many times am I, he's going to sit there and be like, why is this guy asking me Do you about know any Nicole? <laughs> yes, any Nicoles at all? <laughs> uh, right. And so, um, <laughs> so anyway, so she's like, no, you just have to just deliver the message. And I was like, oh, yes, that makes a ton of sense. Like, okay. thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes total sense. You yes, know? It does. And yeah. that's all I had to do <laughs> was say to this guy, it's Nicole's day. And, uh, but I didn't, you know, and, uh, and it's fine. I don't feel, I don't feel guilt or anything like just, that. Just like, a weird it just message. is so, I, it is you a know, weird message, it's right? So weird. And it's funny because, um, you know, when you, when I go back and read, you know, you read a, I'm actually reading Elijah and Elisha right now, and uh, you know, like the stuff that they like do, it's 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 different all the time, and and it's really never one thing that's quite the same, right? And I actually just read that Naaman thing with Elisha, where Naaman has leprosy, he goes, you know, he finds out that Elisha's healing can heal people, you know, and he goes, and um, Elisha just says, go dip seven times in the Jordan river and naming gets all offended. Right. Cause he's like the Jordan river He's like, that's crappy river. He's like, well, there's a couple other great rivers. Like, and like, why couldn't you just say, just say you're, you be healed, you know? And he gets all mad. He gets mad. And then is like, his servants are like, Hey, 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 he actually said, if you do this, you will be healed. Like, Get, you know, give it yeah. a minute here, you know, yeah. like, and so it's like, and though he, so he went to the Jordan and he got, he, and he did it seven times, got healed. So it's like, but it's the same name and struggle, the same thing. Like we, we struggle with, like, that's weird, right? Like, he's like, that's weird, right. you know, like, right. and so it's Nicole's day. I don't know what it's about. Right. But like, clearly God made this very clear to me that this was from him, right? Like I had, I, it, you know, I took a 20 minute nap right before the doctor's appointment, had that dream slash vision. I don't, I don't know if I was awake or asleep, whatever, doesn't matter. And, and it just happened to be exactly like my dream. 
and yeah. uh, and the only words in the dream were it's Nicole's day. So, um, and uh, but yeah, so. Well, the most recent dream I had involved uh, being underwater and seeing whales. <laughs> so I really hope none, I hope that dream doesn't come anywhere near true. Lord, what does you it know? mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to be under the ocean right That's now. Right. That's, I'm good with that. I'm yes. gonna stay right up here on land. No, it's really funny because, like, yeah, and it's you know, of course, like, it doesn't mean, yeah, it's a great point. Like, and I've had some dreams recently too that, like, I I know are not from God. They're just dreams, weird dream. You know, there's dreams. Yeah, right. So, but this one, I I this one, I actually did sense that this was uh, from the Lord. Like, and I think the Lord just kind of gave me that sense, right? Like, yeah. Um, but I honestly didn't like think a ton of it. Like, I didn't go to the doctor's office thinking. I'm going to, I'm going to see this guy I, uh, at all. Right. I was not even like at all. I wasn't, I was like, I would have, I just, and so as soon as I got there, I was like, what the, whoa, 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 you know? So it was yeah. nuts. So. You, you, do you ever like lucid dream? You ever had that? No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I've definitely had sleep paralysis though, which is oh, like yeah, that's, that's terrifying. That's, that's, yeah, the, the lucid dreaming is <laughs> the best. Okay, so I've heard, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, people have like techniques to even like get in and out of it. Or oh, something like, that's too. weird. I, I, I've, I've but... just had it where I, I dreamt that I was working on my car with a friend of mine, uh, my my wife's cousin actually, and we were going to have to run back to uh, to the to auto parts store to get something. I did not want to go. I was okay. like, wait a minute. I was like, you know, it's a dream. I'm just going to make it appear on the workbench. And I was like, <laughs> hey, Mark, I got one right here. We don't have to go to Whoa, the auto parts store now. And he was dude. like, oh, sweet. You know, <laughs> started putting it on the car. Like, yeah. Dude, that's like, amazing. Wow. Yeah, that is, I, I've had a few others, feel good. That's the coolest yeah, one. Yeah, that's so a very I'll cool. Spare everyone the, Dumb one, so yeah, um, that's wild. But now we're talking about. Uh, well, you, you go ahead and say it. You like the. So yeah, the called. Of, wait, yeah, go ahead oh, getting it. the gift. No, well, this is oneness with oneness, you know, oneness, yeah, oneness with Christ with or Christ. oneness with God. When Jesus says to you know, praise in John seventeen, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. You know, so it's uh, or union with Christ. There's a few different ways to describe it. Yeah, so. <clears throat> You talked about like the Holy Spirit kind of being that avenue or, or vessel or I don't know how you describe it of how we are oneness with, with the Father. With yeah, God. it's actually That's... not easy to describe. So like um, because essentially what it is, what you know, and, and you, we learn a lot of this through John 13 through 17. And of course you see it a lot of other places as well, but this is like the main teaching on it. And basically it's the idea that as, uh, you know, so that the father, uh, Jesus is in the father and the father is in Jesus. And just as the father loves Jesus, um, and so they are perfectly one. So when Philip says, show us the father and Jesus says, have I been with you so long? Uh, you know, you have seen, if you see me, you see the Father. We're so, we, I and the Father are one. And so, uh, so what, what that, but when Jesus asked that we would be one, just as he and his Father are one, what he's actually is, is asking for the same thing is that we would be fully united with the Father so that just as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus, 
we would be in Jesus who is in the Father, and then and then Jesus also would be in us. And so um so and the same love that the Father has for Jesus would be in us. So that we are uh so we absolutely is absolutely true that because of oneness, the same love that the Father had for Jesus is the love that he has for us. And the same works that Jesus did because the Father was in Jesus are the same works that we will do. The no. words that we, we, you know, the words that we speak, right? When Jesus says, I don't even, it's not the words I say, it's the words the Father gave me to say. So we even then have, can speak the words uh, of, you know, Jesus' words to us. So that's what a lot of what it means to act in Jesus' name, um, you know, and to ask in Jesus' name and things like that. So there's there's a whole lot to say about it, but it's just, those are, that that's basically what oneness is. Um, and uh, it's, it's really probably the most mysterious thing in Scripture. Um, I even think it's more mysterious than, like, the book of Revelation. Well, that's a totally different thing there. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned like the, you know, when we're that, that oneness with Jesus and like we can, you know, do the things that he does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you mentioned the 12, this was in the sermon, the, the 12 and then the 70. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of a side shoot here because uh, I wanted to ask you, you said the 70 represented the nations. Mm-hmm. And is that 70 nations or like, like how, like, how do we know it represents the nations and like, and like, how does, how does it represent the nations in that capacity? What's that significance of the number 70? Yeah. I wasn't really following what that. Was yeah. Like, well that, yeah, right. I mean that, so, uh, it, you know, again, this is a little bit of like, if the 12 are symbolic of the nation of Israel, right. Uh, okay. So okay. the 12, you know, so it's given to the, and, and just not even taking it figuratively, he gives it to the 12 who are like the, his closest associates. And you might think, oh, yeah, okay, so these are like the guys who are with him all the time. They might see and they might know how to do this stuff, right? Right. But then he gives it to the 70 who are not his closest associates. They're still following him, but they're not like in the inner circle. And even they have the same ability to do what Jesus does, which is to bring the kingdom. And so, and, and so, um, so, but then you also look at those numbers. So 12 is indicative of Israel. 70 is indicative of the nations. Um, you know, the, like you, so you'll see, kind of yeah, all peoples, yeah. right, exactly. So it's not like a literal 70 nations. Or it's just, it's it was in the Jewish conception, in the Jewish gotcha. mind. Yeah. Okay, so. yeah, that's, I, I was a little confused by that. I didn't fully understand that part. So... Back to the the oneness and all that, you know, with the Holy Spirit, and you said it was the most confusing thing, mysterious, mysterious yeah. thing, yeah, the most mysterious thing. And uh, is it because I heard I heard one time somebody said that the the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're like the only way to understand it is through divine revelation. And mm-hmm. I kind I believe that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree. I never understood it until I was I, I was saved, and I was, I was sure. like, oh, like, yeah, okay, this mm-hmm. this makes perfect sense now, even mm-hmm. though like it obviously doesn't to someone who doesn't under who isn't you know saved doesn't have the Holy Spirit. It's a similar thing here. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, are we not going to understand? Is somebody not going to understand this? Like in yes, in that sense, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and well, 
you might be able to you might be able to understand the words that are being said. Is this like? But you don't. You'll certainly not understand the experience of it. It makes yes. me think of the Pharisees, like when so, like when Jesus says, "I and the Father are one," and the Pharisees are like, "You're saying you're God." Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not understanding it because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Is that accurate? Like, when we look at that in scriptures, right? I mean, he's saying he's making they, himself equal with God, yeah, right? They, so they couldn't possibly comprehend what's going on. Correct. There. They they would have thought they thought it blasphemous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes. So okay. So yeah. then, so really, I mean, there was no chance for them to get it to begin with. No, yeah. and that's partially that's part of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit for yeah. them, right? Too. So. Um, there's that full rejection of seeing who Jesus is and that he is one with the father. Like, so he, they're, they're even saying like the works that Jesus does, which are, you know, healing and want these wonderful things for people. How dare he? It's, you know, coming from, you know, Beelzebub. So, yeah. yeah right, so, right. And they, yeah, they yeah. even claim that uh, he cast out demons by Beelzebub and yes, Jesus is like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like the house divided against yeah. itself, and then that's when he brings up the the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and so and so yeah, so the but so you know obviously Jesus Christ is is the unique Son of God, second person of the Trinity, who is you know fully united with the Father, um, and the Father is in Him; He is in the Father. The wonder of this, of course, though, is is that he makes us one just as he is one. And we might even think, well, that's imperfect, you know, because we're not perfect being, you know, Jesus was sinless and we are sin, you know, sinful. So uh, how, you know, like, so our oneness isn't as good as Jesus is, right? And and But in John 17, he says, I pray that they would be perfectly one. And it, and so it's like our oneness with God through Jesus Christ, empowered and made real by the Holy Spirit, uh, is I mean, incredible. Um, you know, and we'll I'll talk about this soon. But it's like even Jesus says, you know, if if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be given to you. You know, and he says, um, and whatever you ask in my name, I will give you. He says, I, he said, I am not saying that I will ask on your behalf. What I'm saying is you, he says, the father loves you as he has loved me. And so ask whatever you want. Like he's like, he's like, so we, prayer is not dear Lord. I, you know, pray for um, a Pepsi or something is this is a stupid example, but I pray for, you know, or I don't know. So I pray for a raise or something like that. Right. Like it's not then like, it's not like my prayer goes up to Jesus and Jesus says, Hey father, Dave wants a raise. <laughs> you know, that's not what he's saying. He, he's actually saying is, um, basically like you're so intimately connected and so and so perfectly loved that as you meet with God in secret in your prayer time, you know your re- your regular time in prayer, in secret, knowing His Word, asking the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and then watching and you know giving Him space to speak to you, then you will know what the will of the Lord is, right? You'll you, you and then you'll know what to ask for because you're abiding and his words are given to you 
And so you know that the words that he's given you, you, you know his intention, you know his mind, and so it's easy then for you to exa- to ask exactly what it is that you want that um, that he wants, and that's why you get the yes and the answer to prayer, which is fullness of joy. Lots of said, lots of be said about that, but it's pretty, it's amazing. So, and that's where you know Jesus got all of it, what to say, how he was able to recognize what God was doing, the power to do the things that he was doing. Um, not because he was God, because he, but he because he was perfectly empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you know one with one with God as a human being to show us that we we to do the exact same thing too. So I've I've heard of like a lot of different people talk about the different spiritual gifts and stuff like that, and I feel like that's kind of the path that this goes down when we talk about when Jesus especially like with the 12 and the 70 and you know Jesus is essentially saying the things I do here you'll you can also do well, what is and even say? greater things yeah that's what I was yes. about to say yeah he yeah. says even greater things and so uh you know when we talk about like say spiritual gifts of prophecy healing those kinds of things i mean those are those are still happening today oh I, well yes i mean absolutely <clears throat> i mean i don't know why they would have ceased uh per se i don't really uh agree with the people who do say that they have ceased um, of course they are, you know, those, those things get abused, those things like, right. So, right. um, one of the great books I read about this stuff was by a guy named Rich Nathan, who was a pastor up in Columbus of the vineyard up in Columbus. And he, and he was, you know, he operates in some of these gifts and he's like, Hey, he's like, God doesn't give his, the Holy Spirit doesn't give his gifts for church services. You know, he's like, right. Yeah, like, yeah. he's like, this is like, and he's like, I think in a lot of ways there's a, sometimes there's an emphasis on church services, uh, that these things operate in church services, right. Not in actually like your daily life. And so not that right. they wouldn't, that they, of course they do operate in church services too, but you know, I like that point, uh, he makes about that. So, yeah, you can't expect to show up to church and like magically be healed of something like, you're not just going to like, Oh, you know, oh, like. I got sick. I go to church and I get better. It's not like that. Wait, and that's actually what's crazy. I mean, the reason when I prayed for that woman to be healed, I had read James five that day, and about you know if anybody's sick, let them call the elders and let them pray and anoint them with oil. Um, and if they're sick, they'll be healed. If they have and if you have any sin, confess your sins and uh, and God will heal you. Um, so, um. I mean, I I understand the spirit of what you're saying, right? It, but there actually is a point where maybe, maybe especially a tradition like ours, where we tend to be a little bit more just music and preaching, where it might be like, hey, this is the time where it's like, if anybody's sick, come on up, and um, we're going to anoint you with oil, we're going to pray for you to be healed. And um, But also, if you come up to be healed and you're sort of harboring secret sin, um you know, probably, I mean, it's probably like very consciously, right? You're not, you don't have to like, you know, go dig in like, oh, you know, I don't, you know, I, there must be something and you can't think of it. Yes, right. It would be like very obvious, right? You're just harboring secret sin. Um, you know, like confess that sin and, you know, uh, and you'll be forgiven and healed. So, so, but the, it is like because we don't have secret time with the Lord in prayer, 
or a prayer, not secret time, prayer in secret is what I mean. Like just close the door, get by yourself, you know, who God says, that's where God is, right? Uh, your father who is in secret will reward you. And he rewards you with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit, he rewards you with a conversational relationship with God. You know, as you as you study the scriptures, as you reflect on them, as you pray, as you listen, you know, you give God space to speak to you. Like, that's where you, that's where you get God. And then when you go out into the world and just do your world today, the things in, you just like watch, you're just much more in tuned. You're actually one, right? You're abiding. You're, his words are in you. And so now you just like understand ways at which you can bring that out to the world and bless the world and see God's activity around you, right? But to your point, so, you know, spiritual gifts, right? I mean, there's all kinds of spiritual gifts. And, um, you know, I've never prayed for, I don't, I can't remember a time I've prayed for some, I've certainly prayed for people to be healed, but I can never think of a time that like it happened so quickly. Um, like it happened last, happened last Thursday. So when we talk about the praying for people and everything like that, like you talked about that in the sermon and you went into uh, people who are praying for you were, um, they were experiencing like heart palpitations. Did I hear mm-hmm. that right? Heart like, pains. Yeah. So like you were talking about like the trans, like a transfer. It's called transference. Yeah. Trans- okay. Yeah. Transference. I was, I was like, this isn't transformers, Eric. That's not the word. Yes. <laughs> that, no, that, that'd be sweet. Okay. Uh, what's a, that just sounds like something that would be in a Michael Bay movie. Come on now. You know? Yes, exactly. Uh, it is weird. Like what is the, and maybe you said it and I just didn't realize it, but like, where do we get this from? Like biblically, like I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of this. I know. Okay. So I first heard about it, this and uh, from C.S. Lewis because he talked about, and he was talking about prayer and he was praying for his wife, Joy, and she had cancer and he was praying for her, for the cancer to go into remission. And he was praying for her and um, he then got like, in very sick for two weeks, like not like deathly ill. He wasn't going to die. He just got like very sick, like bedridden sick for two weeks. And then he recovered. And then when, after they, after he recovered, joy went to the doctor and they said she was in remission. And he, of course he was a scholar and he knew of lots of other instances of people just kind of reporting in prayer that like whatever it is they pray for like they'll if like if someone is like uh, in this instance he's praying for a healing of a you know cancer and so it was as if he it, the the cancer transfer or the sickness transferred to him for two weeks now she lived for two more years and so the fact that it was two weeks and two years is interesting um, of course, she still died of cancer, right? But like, but so that was the first I'd ever heard of it. Now, the idea of transference is a very biblical idea, uh, which you you know this, you've seen it, you it's it's everywhere in the scriptures, which is, um, you know, 
you put you transfer your sins onto a a lamb or okay, a goat, yeah, you know, okay, the right, our sins yeah. are transferred onto Christ, right? Yeah. And his righteousness is transferred onto us. It's, it's it's sort of a bit of like involved in intercession, which Jesus of course his job is right now to intercede. So Jesus is an intercessor. Um right now that's his job, one of his main jobs. And um and so and in intercession, like there is a transference, right? Now, I am just in the last four weeks, I have been praying for people. One instance, there was a I, I heard of a woman who they someone just described her as just having like kind of a just a spirit. They just kind of she's just always she's just defeated. She just that kind of walks around like she's defeated, and um, and. Uh, and this is going to be weird, so I'll just report it to you as very weird. But uh, I was praying for her, and I just pray, and I just like prayed that against us that spirit. I called it the spirit of defeat. And I don't know, you know, at this point, like I'm still learning. But it's but when I say it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to mean it's like a demonic spirit per se. It's just that when you say a spirit of anything, right? It's like a spirit is like like how the that non-bodily quality that non-physical quality that you can recognize but is you know like um like if i come came in def- like defeated i might smile and stuff be like man there's something off with dave you know there's yeah. a spirit of something happening so anyway i just prayed against like the spirit of, of defeatedness of uh and like and just prayed for joy for this person maybe not five minutes later I just got overwhelmingly tired. Um, and it was weird. It was like a, a weird, overwhelming tiredness. And that, the, but I don't know, for some reason or other, I just was like, huh, I wonder if that was a bit of, um, bit of that, you know? And actually this is one of the things I asked this woman in Yosemite, this Elizabeth woman who's very powerful, Elizabeth the warrior about, and she knew all about it. And I don't know about, you know, I don't know a lot about it, but she just gave me great instruction on that about like, Oh, you don't have to like carry that. And actually I said that in the sermon, you know, but I think, um, but I think it's a very real thing. And I actually, and that's why I said it in a sermon. Cause I, there, there's like been so there's like at least four people in our congregation who are having weird, non life threatening heart pains since, you know, I, they've been like really started praying for me in ministry as I've stepped in back into full time ministry. And my heart, my broken heart is like, is being mended and healed and is flourishing. God's like just healing my heart, blessing me with his love and all of that. And so I felt kind of compelled to say that because just like, hey, you guys have been praying for me. I'm being healed, but you're experiencing some physical transference, I think. And so this is what Elizabeth Warrior told me to say about that. And hopefully you don't have that pain anymore. You don't have to carry it. Now, this is so great. So I saw the woman a few days ago that I prayed for, and she, and they're, the people who talk to me about it, like they're right. Like a lot of times, she's just, you know, she doesn't like. There's, just, you can just kind of tell that uh, 
she's like defeated, <laughs> you yeah. know, a little bit. You know, just the way she carries herself. down and everything. And I saw her the other day, and she was dressed so nicely, big smile. Uh, she had done like her hair and makeup. She was like cheery, chipper, asking about it, things, asking, just like looking for ways to serve, and 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 it took me aback of how well she was doing. And I was like, dang, this is real. Like, this is crazy. But it's like, but in a way, there's also, you know, there's also a way like, how did Jesus know in a way that like, in some ways that, um, you know, he had his prayers answered? Well, you know, probably he's had some of these, you know, he, and he's the ultimate transference, right? Like, I mean, unfortunately for Jesus and wonderful for us. All of our sin and all of our, you know, all of our sickness and all of our disease and all of that gets transferred to him. And, uh, and so, um, and that's, I mean, the ministry of Jesus, he brings the kingdom, he heals the sick, but, you know, it's really the, and one of the, one of the more powerful things about Jesus' ministry is these unclean people like lepers who, you know, in the Old Testament law, if you're a leper and you and you touch somebody you make that person you touch unclean um but no 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 clean person makes a uh, an unclean person clean you know it's yeah. always the unclean making the uh, clean person unclean but in the person of jesus when the clean person touches the unclean uh the unclean get clean and it's beautiful right but we know and we know the power of that because Jesus, of course, takes that upon himself and releases it to the world. So, wild stuff. It really is. It's kind of crazy. You know, I like I said, I'd never heard of this transference thing before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <clears throat> in thinking about it, there have been times that I've prayed for people. And then, like, sort of that similar thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. whether it was, like, you know, praying for them about their depression mm-hmm. or or maybe they were sick or something. And then like shortly after I felt those same kind of things and, you know, probably something like that going on, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, do we, do we start to pray for people who are always energetic and happy? And we, <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, I'm just sure. Kidding. Yes, exactly. I'm just kidding. That was <laughs> that's, so that's fun. That yes. works. Transfer your <laughs> happiness to me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but there is, there actually is a, it's funny. Cause I, I, you know, and again, I'm again, I'm just learning this stuff in a lot of ways, but it's like, um, the idea of like, you can do things for other people in prayer, right? Like, um, in a sense where, um, like this woman who got her, who healed her, her knee or her knee healed, obviously God used my prayer but in conjunction with her her faith, so there's my faith, my prayer, her faith. But it was God who healed her, right? Of course, like that, you know. So, um, and, um, you know, and just as and I didn't feel any knee pain or anything like that, right? Like for about this one or anything like that. It doesn't like always happen. And I and I wanted people to know that, like, and I actually one of the reasons I said it. Is I was just getting a, I was getting a small sense that that there were a couple people that I knew in our congregation that might have been starting to get kind of scared 
to really pray for me or pray for our church because they were just feeling like bad things were going to happen to them if like because like the Satan was going to attack them and stuff. And I just wanted to let them know that they didn't need to be afraid of anything of that. And if they did were experiencing any kind of transference type things, just that there was some way you could like not have to carry it, yeah. you know? Well, you just said there too about the <clears throat> being a conjunction there of like your faith and her faith, your prayer, but God, the one bringing the healing. Mm-hmm. It also makes me think about uh, Paul. Uh, where he talked about, he says he planted in Apollos watered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that was his name, right? Do I have yeah. that name mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah you got it. Um, and but God gave the growth. Yes. And so we don't. We're not actually <clears throat> the ones performing this. It's just through us. It's just God. God's the one doing this. All this stuff. Yes. Through us. Yes. Right? And the and fact that it yes. works out both of those, like both with the gospel and with something like healing, mm-hmm. like it just goes to show that. It, from my perspective, that God operates in a very specific way. Uh-huh. And that's really cool. I think that's it's awesome. amazing. I mean, and it's like, that's why Jesus rejoices in back again, the story of the 70 or the 72. Um, uh, when he rejoices that they come back and they, and the, tra- the transference happened, right? The same authority that Jesus had to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to do all to bring the kingdom was transferred to the 70. And they came back saying, even demons are subject to, you know, us. And he, and he says, well, you know, I don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in, in heaven. But, but he also rejoices in the spirit. And he says, you know, he jumps up and down for joy and says, you know, I praise you, Father, because this was not given to the wise or learned, but yeah. it was given to little, little children. And I love about that is like, and that's why I'm, I emphasize so much in my sermons these last few weeks about getting alone with God and get you know in secret, you know, getting with God in secret and where He rewards you with Himself. The reason I'm emphasizing that so much is because, like, what what's the definite? Like, what are little children like? Little children know they have no power, right? Little children have no money. They have no power. They are completely dependent on their parents for everything, right? And so it's not like we have the power in of ourselves to do, to bring the kingdom. But God has the power, and we need to be like little children, just dependent, you know. And that's where you get that dependence is in that time of secret prayer. And, you know, your time in secret with God where he rewards you with himself with yeah. it, you know and if you you know if you don't do that like you're not going to experience zoe which or zoe where the you know which we and which you know gets interpreted or translated as a eternal life but i think that's it's actually very confusing because i think when we read eternal life we think going to heaven when you die um but what that word means is God's life to you now. So it's it's not going to heaven when you die. It's um, heaven coming to you right now. And so God's life coming to you right now. And when you have God's life coming to you right now, the, which is oneness, right? Um, abide with me and, and in my words, abide in you. Um, you, you'll, you know, you'll have, a, you know, fullness of joy and 
all that, blah, blah. So, but yeah, that's where you get it. And uh, if you don't go there. Well, and what you just said there, the, you know, eternal life being, you know, not the going to heaven, but, um, you know, the, like right now, you know, it just kind of like puts in my mind like that there, and correct me if I'm wrong here, like this concept of going to heaven really is kind of incorrect in a lot of mainstream religion, I guess we'll call it, uh, Christianity even too, because heaven's actually coming here. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a resurrection. And mm -hmm. so that's really, I mean, like the, it's like, it's coming to us as like you're talking about this eternal life is coming to us. We're not going to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just all kind of seems to match up there. Yes. You know? I mean, and you know, I mean the, the, it's, it's such a shame. We think eternal life, but like biblically, we all know everybody has an eternal life. No one is ever going to, to uh, not be conscious forever. Everybody is. Everybody lives eternally. It's just a matter of where do you live eternally, right? And so, um, so I think when we say eternal life and we equate it with going to heaven when we die, we, it's, it's a shame because um, it's not as if, like, uh, everybody lives eternally, right? It's just that, but who gets God's life now broken in through the person of Jesus with his Holy Spirit? So, um, and then, of course, you know, your death is, you know, of course, you know, if you have God's life in you now, like your death and where you're going to be is no issue, right? right. It's like, obviously, right? Um, so, uh, but, but that really, but that, it is a shame in a way that like, even that, you know, even though that we, even we call it, it gets translated eternal life, you know, because the word Zoe and you might want to do, we might want to start saying God's life or something now. I don't know. So you don't you don't believe that the the people who aren't receiving salvation are they're like they're going to be destroyed? What's that What's that belief called? Or like, oh, annihilation. Annihilation. Annihilationism. Yeah, annihilationism. Right. Yeah, that's um, not on your radar. No, not that their their consciousness will not be annihilated, but what, they can still be destroyed. And C.S. Lewis talks about how you know a log that burns and turns into ash, you know. Uh, obviously it's no longer a log anymore, but it still exists as ash. So there are, yeah. you know, so it's like, so you can still be destroyed in a sense, but still be, a, in a, you, so you're fundamentally different, but it's still conscious. Interesting. So. Yeah. I never really, I, that end time stuff and all that. It's never been on my radar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like when I actually, when I first started studying the Bible, like, uh, I had like, I got like printed out like, a, like the, Every, had like every book and then all the chapters okay so I like marked them off as I oh yeah them. yeah and um <clears throat> like constantly the holy spirit was like no you're not reading revelation and i was like, oh interesting oh, okay. like i'm gonna read something else then and i was like maybe i'll and he was like no you're not gonna read <laughs> and i was like no you're like he actually he's, he's still he's like he's still like <clears throat> no like you're not you're not doing any study in revelation okay like, I read Re like i read revelation yeah, you read my it, wife right because I, yeah, I read it like <clears throat> before i was a christian i think i read it gosh, probably 20 times, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's why the Holy Spirit was like, you're done. You're like, like you're going to like, uh, like hyper fixate. On yeah. This. yeah. It's like, you're done with yeah. this. You got, you got other things to learn. But like my wife and I read through the Bible, you mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, 
I think we probably do it like every two years is like how the plan works that mm-hmm. we do. And uh, so I read, you know, her and I read through it then, you know, but like the Holy Spirit wasn't like, no, you're cutting it out there. No, he's just like, you know, for me, like mm-hmm. when I read. Yeah. No, you're not reading Interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up though, man. All right, uh, dude. You know, pretty good episode here. Yeah, dude, isn't that wild? It is like so much more to say, but uh, what? So when you know, uh, when Paul says, you know, Christ in us, the hope of you know, the hope of glory, the great mystery, you know, Christ in you, um, that's what it is. I mean, it, it's the same. And just as Jesus was filled with the Father, we are now filled with Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, and just as Jesus and the Father, we are in Jesus, and uh, and just as the Father is in Jesus, the Father is in us um, through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's like it, it like one of the ways you can like I try to like think of it to a degree is the other the other description of oneness is marriage, right? And so. Um, so you have a, a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, right, who are two separate humans, right? And when they get married, uh, the two become one, right? And so, but obviously they they don't become one blob of a human, right? It's like they're still two separate humans, but there's a full unification there, um, you know, spiritually. But also it has its effects, like, you know, it's like, um, I have to like my wife and I have been married 22 and a half years. And, you know, there are times I literally have to tell her to stop finishing my sentences, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> I can finish this sentence. We just know each other so well. Right. But you 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 begin to love what each other loved and not like or you, you just kind of you meld together. Right. You want to. And uh, it's actually funny, too, because like and the picture is it's very Trinitarian, too, where just like, you know, a obviously a healthy m- man and woman you know like their sexual union creates children which is you know out of their oneness creates this another separate human being who are um you know from the man and the woman like and they proceed from the oneness of the man and the wife right and they they are uh different but of the same family and so even you know in the even so that picture helps me some, right? Because, um, you know, like it really is uh, a man and a woman. It is a mysterious. And the reason why their oneness is mysterious is because Christ in the church is a oneness, right? And, um, but what's amazing is just like when Jesus says, to, you know, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and no one argues with that who's a Christian, but you, we certainly would say, if you have seen me, Dave Dorr, you've seen Jesus. You might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But that's actually, that's actually close to, that's exactly, that, that is true, right? Um, now, I am a body part of Jesus. I'm not the full, I'm not, you know, right. I am one body part. We, and you know, and we all have different gifts and we're all different members of the body. And one, we are whole and one as together, we're a house of the Lord, you know, and all that. And I'm just one part, but still, even when you see me, um, you should see Jesus, 
And so, and, and that's why it's so important for me and every, not just me, but everyone else to have a, you know, vital prayer life or prior secret or time in secret with God, just like Jesus did. Cause that's where Jesus got all of his ability to see what the words the father gave him, the works the father gave him to do his ability to see and join the father, um, of what he's doing. Right. This is where he got all of that. Right. This is where he even got things to pray for. Right. I mean, like, you know, where, you know, Peter or Simon's like, you know, I would, you know, he even says to Jesus says to Simon Peter, he says, you know, Satan asked to sift you like wheat, you know, but I've prayed for you. Where did he, where did he know that that happened? Right. Like, um, he, he got that in prayer. Like, you know, some, you know, it's like God let him know. God the Father let him know that Satan has asked for Peter. Kind of like and so I would I think so, probably something like that. So, you know, where do you get that? And so and that's why that's and that's what eternal life is. God's life is coming to us now. That's what it is. And and you it's basically God's words, God's filling you through his Holy Spirit, your interactive life with God him in you, you in him, and you experiencing that day by day. And, um, and it really is like fullness of joy. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful. So get definitely in secret. Yeah. <laughs> How many times can I emphasize that in my sermon? How many times did I say that? In my I sermon? don't know. You brought that up during the sermon too, though. You were like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I keep on saying this. I keep on saying it. You know, right. it, it's like that um, when you hear about that company runs, you know, the company has like their, their mission statement or whatever, you know, and they're constantly repeating it, you know, is that, that going to be, mm-hmm. that going to be your, your, your new mission statement? Hey. Yes, exactly. Secret. Yeah. I might keep secret saying thing. it when I am convinced that y'all are doing it. So I, uh, <laughs> so when you're convinced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am still convinced otherwise that uh, there still is a, minority of people even as much as i said it that uh um it still feels a little bit like as i say it people are still not doing it i agree you do need to keep on saying because it's one of those things Mm -hmm. that i'm like i have like there's like a time like after we after we put our our daughter down for bed at night and i'm like i'm like man like when we have these conversations i'm like this would be like the perfect time for me Mm -hmm. you know just get in prayer yeah like before i know it it's like 10 30 and i'm like oh yeah you know i didn't do that you know, right. like yes. so, yeah. You just yes. gotta keep on keep on saying it. You know, maybe text yes. it to me around like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> public service <laughs> announcement. Get in secret prayer. You need to do this. So, well, it's funny because like most of the time, like I listen to sermons of other pastors. The last thing I'm thinking of is putting anything into practice they're talking about. Really? Like, yeah, I oh, am. I represent. And. Well, see, even here, you're still struggling putting putting this in the rack. That's what, uh, yeah. But you know, but like, but, but yeah, you, yeah. you think, but it's and it's not just it's not like I wouldn't do it, but like generally, when you hear a sermon, at least I'll just speak for myself. When 
when I hear a sermon, generally what I'm thinking of, and I'm just kind of caught up in the sermon. I don't even, I'm not incredibly conscious of exactly what I'm thinking, but I'm never really thinking about putting into practice the things they say you should do. Not that I don't, it's just I'm not thinking that way. Usually what I'm actually thinking largely when I hear a sermon is, do I like this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, you're sort of like evaluating it and it, you almost have to kind of get out of yourself a bit and say, okay, whether I like this or not, like, what is he, what is he actually saying? Well, I and that's a, that's a, that's not an easy thing to do. I, I want to say, I think it's a little bit easier for me because I'm, I'm a brand new dad. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I see a sermon titled, like, uh, you know, anything to do with being a dad or a father, you oh, know, yeah. and I'm like, and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, download, play. Like, yes. I'm hitting, like, hitting play before it's even done download, yeah. you know, because, you know, I don't know. It's like, oh. I want it, to, it's one of those like things that's on my heart and I'm like, I just, I got to give, I got to give 110% to that mm-hmm. because the truth is I give about like 80% to most things in my life. Mm-hmm. Most, not, not, not a bad all. thing. Not bad necessarily. 80% to most things. And, I do really well. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, God has really blessed me. Okay. Yeah. I do really well. Like, 80%. I'm like, man, if I would have gave that 100%, like, I would have blown that out of the water. <laughs> you know? Like, this is crazy. And so, uh, when it comes to being a dad, though, a dad and a husband, I'm like, I'm like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't go 80% on this. Yeah, yeah. I got to go, I got to go the full amount. Yeah. You know, because this isn't, you know, something I'm doing at work or some project I have at home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean... You know, this is this is my wife and kid. I actually love them. I don't love my shed or my yard. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Yes, like, yes, a hundred percent. It's dude, eighty percent the yard, a hundred percent your family. Yeah, I, yeah. It's like forty percent the yard is probably what I <laughs> My neighbors are like, is he ever going to pull those? Can weeds? this guy just give them six? Let's like, get some sixty here. Sixty like, percent. Like, what is he doing with those rose bushes? And I'm like, I didn't want to. They were there when I bought the house. Okay, like they're just like they're just like growing all over the place. Like they're just like sprawled out. And I mean, they're beautiful when they bloom, but they're yes. everywhere. But right then the after, yes, dude, yeah. especially when it gets hot, they think, yeah, you're right. They grow like weed. It's hilarious, dude. Yeah. Actually, I didn't know they were roses when we first bought the place. So they're just like these like tall, like plants. Okay. And then I was like, I was going to cut them out. I was going to rip mm-hmm. them out. Like I rip out everything. Cause I don't, I don't take everything. <laughs> I, I do a rock garden. <laughs> That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> you ever see that house just has like the stone in the middle of like other rocks in front of the house? That's my house. Okay. So, it. so now when they bloomed, I was like, whoa, those are really like, those are beautiful. <laughs> and like the previous owners had them like, like, you know, trimmed and everything. Yeah, so they yeah, looked like really well good. Well, now this summer, after we've been there for two summers and I haven't done anything with them. Oh, like, yeah. Like, roses everywhere. But now they're just like this massive bush that's just like it's all uh, over the place and and it and it's bad because I, like i have a riding mower and like i forget rose bushes have thorns and i drive by <laughs> and i get to the thorns you know so i'm like those are so, thorns and thistles yes man. thanks adam <laughs> you know? hey maybe it's this time for 50 percent this week just 50 percent this week the th- the the yard I mean, fifty percent is probably just gonna get me out there. I'm just gonna rip them out. Of <laughs> that is fun too, though. I mean, Actually, like you have like a, attaching a chain to your hitch or something, just pulling the car away. Oh, man. I used to have it's a good way to do, do it. Do that so, with. I yeah, some, I, I pulled a lot of bushes out with it. I had a rope that I just wrapped yes, around yes. it. Yes, oh, it's very satisfying. 
you know, very friend satisfying. of mine pulled some bushes out of the front of his house, and he was just he was shocked. He was like, he was like, they ripped out the roots and everything. I was like, well, yeah, they only got the, the, the two ton truck. Right, what exactly. What happen? do you think? He was like, I just figured it'd like rip off the top. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, no, nah, man, no, like, man, you got to fill that hole in with this something. Thing, this thing's out, baby.